You're listening to episode number 77, Am I a People Pleaser? Welcome to the LDS Divorce Coach Podcast. I take the sting out of divorce. This is your host, Emily Sanchez. Hey, everybody out there. How are you doing? What's up? What's good? What's happening in your life? Well, as always, I've got a lot to say tonight. Got a lot to say. (laughs) So I'm going right into it. I've been thinking about people pleasers lately because guess what? I I know that I am one and I'm working on it. And y'all know that I listen to a lot of Gary Vee and he talks about getting rid of that people pleaser thing all the time. And it's in a lot of his content. And as I was listening, I thought, you know what? The inner heart of a people pleaser is actually a good thing. And I was listening to this therapist from Austin, Texas. Her name is Ann Stoneson. She's pretty cool because she is a therapist specializing in people pleasers. She calls herself a recovering people pleaser. I love it. And so that's her whole practice is she specializes in that. And she tells her clients to think of it as a strategy that people-pleasing is a strategy. It's something you use to get your needs met. You know, you're going to give this person this so that you can receive this, right? And so if we look at it as inherently a good thing inside us, or hers is more neutral, just a strategy, I think that that is a good level playing ground to do something about it. Because when we're addressing things from a guilt standpoint or feeling shamed that, oh, I do this, I'm so bad at it, then change doesn't happen as freely. Anyway, there's three rooted systems in how a people pleaser is developed. One, cultural. Two, biological. And three, their upbringing. I'm sure we can think of more, but these are the three deep-rooted kind of systems that I thought of that produce people-pleasers. So cultural. What type of culture are we in? You know, we can just look at American culture or Western culture. I think that's, you know, the majority of who listen to this. And and then we'll go further into um, highly religious culture, um, patriarchal type societies, but we do live in, you know, Western societies. It's a patriarchal society. I think women and not just women, because I know that men are taught that they have to do certain things um, in order to provide, in order to be a certain type of person. But women especially are taught to be nice. I've said this in my other (laughs) podcast. And so the people pleasing thing just comes out culturally, there's this, hey, you've got to meet the needs of others before your own. Um, And then with love, in order to love someone, you put them first. So you don't put your own needs first, you put them first. Um, Another cultural message is for women is uh, in a relationship, you need to avoid that conflict because you might seem bitchy or crazy, or emotional. Anyway, or or in order to love someone, you have to kind of get them to love you. You must change for them. What can I do to earn 
your type of love. So there's all these cultural messages. And in a religious culture, that's more that traditional religious culture, you'll find that even more that uh, martyrdom, the need to be nice, to put everyone's needs above yours. And when we can really, really look closely at that, you guys, that is not Christ-like. He, he didn't really teach that in, in that way. You know, he had boundaries and he definitely rose up and sometimes had to face conflict in the temple when He's like, hey, this cannot happen. Um, so the message was clear. The message was clear what he taught. Yes, the, I think the mixed messages occur, you know, when we're, we give ourselves to our spouses and that type of verbiage that you can find in the Bible. It can make you think that you have to lose yourself to find yourself. But um I, I just think that's mixed messaging when you get to the heart of it and it's actually not Christ-like and that, uh, yeah, we definitely need to put on our, <laughs> I always use this, but we have to put on our mask, you know, from the plane, the oxygen mask first before we can do it, get, get our child or whoever's next to us, right? So cultural, we get those culture messages all the time. Now, biological, let's think, some people are just inclined through, you know, physical or biological traits to be more vulnerable to people pleasing. Like if you look at children, look at toddlers. I mean, you can see some toddlers who are bold and fearless. They get into everything. It's super hard to watch them. They're just everywhere. And then you have the other children who are more mild who are highly sensitive, they're empaths, you know, they really feel another person's feelings, uh, they want to please, they get pleasure out of it. So a lot of it is an innate. So when you get someone who is an empath, and you put her into that cultural society, uh, man, you you get the, the bleeding empath ple people pleaser. So we've got to teach authenticity there. But, you know, it's interesting. Each child is different. My little, my littlest one, just one year old, if you tell him no, and you don't counter it with some huge smile and that everything is going to be okay, he loses it. He cannot be told no. He is so sensitive to any type of correction. So gotta be careful with my sweet little highly sensitive guy. Now, the third is upbringing our attachments to our caregivers. And I don't want to spend a lot of time here because I don't like going into the past, but honestly, this is really where a lot of the people pleaser in you is probably rooted. I mean, you can just think back. Was it a, a place where you could give your opinions freely without being scorned or without fear? Or was it, hey, you eat that or, you know, it's my way or the highway, uh, very authoritarian, not authoritative. You see more authoritative now type parenting. But I think too, just generational. When I was young, my parents were just in the generation where it was my way or the highway. It was invoke a bit of fear in them. And there was, you know, that type of um, parenting where, 
you got to do what I say, boy, you know, but if you look back a generation, think of how they were brought up. It was even more like you don't defy your parents. You don't speak up. You don't voice your opinions. You don't, you know, you have to please your parents and you have to make them proud. And, and so I think that it goes back generations and our parents were seriously just doing the best that they could. So I hope that we don't spend too much time putting blame on them or whatever but but you can think back if you felt like there was no way that you could voice your opinion or uh, we were not equipped to I think that was the other thing we were young we didn't know how to fully express ourselves in a tactful way without it looking defiant and so there's all those things what type of expectations did they have um, what type of overbearance was there and there's also you know when it's kind of opposite and they're kind of aloof parents and um, maybe you wanted to please them and show them things and maybe they weren't in your life or couldn't be maybe they had to a uh, single mom single dad whatever and they had to make ends meet and you were wanting attention and weren't getting it you know it could be opposite or didn't you didn't want to add to their burden of whatever they may have been going through. So you tried to please and help with everything and do everything. You know, so it's interesting to just kind of take a quick look back to see maybe where your people pleaser <laughs> is rooted. Because I, I definitely know I got I got some there, but I have I have very, very loving parents who gave me the best childhood. So there's not much I can say there. But, you know, I think all of us have a little bit there. But those three things, cultural, biological, and our upbringing, are the roots, that foundation of a people pleaser. So now that I've given you a little bit about the foundation, let's get into the signs of a people pleaser. Let's ask ourselves... Am, am I in this category? <laughs> is there is there a people pleaser in me? And is it problematic? Okay, so I've come up with five. Number one, you agree with others because you don't like conflict. Okay, I'm raising my hand right now, all right? Conflict avoidance. I don't like it. Oh, I, just, I just don't. I don't know exactly why. I just, maybe I'm scared. I don't know. <laughs> so do you just go along with things so there's no riff? Do you agree on the restaurant that everybody wants to and, and maybe it made you completely sick, but you just go anyway, right? Uh-oh. When you do this, you run a lot of risks. All right, you, make, you run the risk of making yourself feel uncomfortable. You run the risk of not being authentic to yourself. So <laughs> here's a story. My parents and me and my husband went to a son's game a while ago before this pandemic stuff. And my husband is very, very political and he's very upfront with his political views. And I am more of a conflict avoider <laughs> with that. And my dad said something because my parents and my husband and and me <laughs> I'll be brave and say that have different political views and it just sparked this big debate and so they start debating and then I chime in a little bit and then they chime in and then it just starts getting really really heated 
and passionate. I'll just say passionate. And I just said, stop fighting. Stop fighting. Like I couldn't even handle people raising their voices. And my mom's like, we're not fighting. We're just, you know. But it's just interesting how I don't do that. And I, I think it's something that I really want to work on. So, you know, you might lose friends. <laughs> These are the things that I, I fear is if I share like this belief or whatever, I put my foot down, you could lose friends. I might get into some domestic quarrels, <laughs> like I was telling you with the parents. But in the long run, you find out who your true friends are. And because people that love you, they don't care what you believe. I mean, maybe they care, but they still respect you and love you. They're not going to boot you out of their lives. And then another long-term positive is people know your stance. So maybe they won't be talking about something that you hate or don't believe in all the time anymore. Or if they do, they know where you stand and they'll respect, respect you for it. So I do know that being passive, it leads to dissatisfaction. So practicing self-expression helps you feel self-assured and self-confident, but it's actually a practice. Okay, so number one, you it's conflict avoidance. Number two, you can't say no. You can't say no to anything. Do you find yourself taking on so much? Are you in this category? Are you realizing that it's hard for you to say no? And you look at what you have to do and you're tired and your dreams aren't being fulfilled but everybody else is so you've got to think about your own health your dreams your self-care so look around and think about how you're spending your time and if it's difficult to say no i used to not be able to say no i said yes to everything until i got completely overwhelmed and i crashed and so now it's super easy for me to say no. Okay, <laughs> number three, when you help, so in the situation of not saying no, when you help, you feel more resentful, all right? So there's a psychotherapist named Sharon Martin, and she talks a lot about doing things out of obligation versus out of genuinely wanting to. So if you're feeling resentful, that is a, a sign that you shouldn't even be doing it. I mean, let's gauge things. Let's do that gauge. Are you doing this because you feel you have to? Are you doing this to please somebody because you don't, you just want to make them happy, <laughs> but it's making you sad? All right. So think about that. Number four, you're too hard on yourself. Are you too hard on yourself? Do you have this need for perfection rather than progress? Thomas Curran and Andrew Hill define perfectionism as an irrational desire to achieve, along with being overly critical of self and others. Do you have a hard time making mistakes? You're concentrating on them. You're looking at your flaws. You're picking them out and trying to solve all those flaws. You know, it's interesting. When we don't embrace those flaws, the failures, you'll never develop resilience that you need. So take an inward look. If you're nitpicking yourself, if you're highlighting your flaws, and you're overly critical of the things that you do, you might be a people pleaser. 
or a perfectionist, who knows, but either of those two, <laughs> both need a check, right? And number five, you pretend you're all right when you're not okay. So this is kind of the, the culmination. You look back at everything. You're trying to be a perfectionist. You're n unable to say no. You're feeling resentment, right? You're avoiding the conflict. You're doing all these things and subsequently you're in misery, but you're not telling anyone. Do you know what this is? You're lying. I know that's kind of pointed to say and feels heavy, but it's true. You're not being authentic. So you're, you're not expressing your disappointment and it actually can go into the circular downward spiral and it may lead you to burst. <laughs> you know, you're like so mad about your, hu your husband buying the boat, but you bit your lip. You didn't say anything initially and now he's going off to the lake every weekend and you're just madder and madder and matter and now you are fuming because you didn't express yourself you didn't express your point of view at the beginning so now you're caught and you know you're caught you know so it came from i really feel like it does come from a, a loving place where you want to make people happy and but <laughs> it's we've got to recognize it folks because it's this beautiful volcano and it will erupt one of these days. And one point that I missed was you care too much about what other people think. That's a huge. Um, I told you before, I listened to a lot of Gary Vee. And he says, if you're caring too much about the compliments, if you're seeking for compliments and praise, if you're seeking for validation outside of yourself, you be super careful because then the criticism will hurt that much more. The criticism will sting. So it's kind of that opposing side, right? If you're looking for validation, be careful. You've got to get validation from within. You've, because if you're just looking for that praise, someone criticizes you, whoa, it's going to hurt deeply because you care too much about what people are thinking. So I really love that he that he talks about that. And that's a huge point. So, hey, let's add one. Number six, you care too much about what other people are thinking. All right. So how do we get out of this people pleasing trap? What can we do? I have a couple of things other than what I already said. I mentioned a couple of things. Number one, self-expression. I hinted at it within there. Let's develop an opinion. Let's say that you have been doing conflict avoidance so much <laughs> and maybe it's with politics or maybe it's with something happening in the world today. Gosh, pick a topic, people, right now in 2020, right? What do you really think about it? What do you really think? I want you to think about it and then I want you to do something brave. Express it. Express it in a kind way. You don't have to do a full-on social media post. Hey, I'm doing this just for myself. You know, that's cool if people do that. But just the next time somebody mentions that topic, you're going to t express what you think about it. And it might totally differ with them. And that's going to help you grow. And that's going to help you break that pattern. Because really, all this is, 
is a pattern. If we think it's a strategy, then you, you've been using it too much, and it's this pattern, habitual, behavioral type pattern, that we want to break up a little bit. Um, so I think that the expression of your opinion would be huge in this. So I challenge you to do that. Bring it up. I want to hear. I want to hear how it goes. All right. So that's taking some courage. And another thing, remind yourself that the people you are now surrounded by, you know, your colleague, colleagues, your friends, partners, all those people, they're much different from the people around whom our anxieties originated in childhood. Does that make sense? So the people that you're around <laughs> right now are a lot different than when you were a child, your parents, your caregivers, or whoever, who were the ones who gave you the anxiety to mold you into people pleasers. They're a lot different. They're not going to yell at you. They're not going to scorn you. They're not going to put you in timeout. They're usually normal, everyday type people who care about you, who are okay with a little bit of conflict in their life and can work it out with you. So it isn't that child-parent relationship anymore. It really isn't. And they respect you when you are the person that you are, your authentic self. And number three, so that was number two, remind yourself that the people you're with are different than your parents where this originated from. Number three, we need to acknowledge the inadvertent side effects of the behavior, right? We talked about the volcano, the fuming, or, or just the disingenuous person. Like nobody wants to be that. Nobody wants to have no opinion. We might have these good intentions, but it can harm people too when we're not speaking more frankly. It puts them in a position. Like in the case of love, there's no kindness staying in a relationship when you are miserable, but you think you have to stay together because that person needs you or has to have you, can't function without you. First of all, that's not true. And you're wasting a lot of years of their life and yours. So that's just a thought. And then number four, we can learn how to be artful in our communication of what we think. So we can express when we think someone's wrong without making them look like a complete idiot. But this takes practice. Let's start it today. Do you guys want to hear a little secret? Okay. When I have to do this, when I have to express my opinions tactfully and artfully, if somebody is saying something I disagree with or asking me to do something and I'm feeling like I need to put a boundary up or, or whatever, whatever, right? I pretend I'm English. Okay, I said it, I know. I don't know why, but I feel like English people can verbalize better and that they're more courteous. And so I nix the English accent, of course. I don't want to sound condescending because people can smell that. But I do. I pretend I'm English. You know, for example, I'll be like, I was selling my car and this guy wanted me to drive it all the way to his mechanics place after he already did. 
and there was just like mud build up because I was on a dirt road and I forgot about it and he wanted me to wash off the mud and take the car all the way it was like and I had all five of my kids at home I like couldn't like leave them anyway let's make the long story short but I explained to him and I was envisioning being English I said I don't feel that that is my responsibility and that that's the buyer has to do their due diligence and I feel that that is on your side of things so I'm gonna have to respectfully decline that request you know (laughs) whatever but I pretended I was English and I don't know why you guys but it helps me recovering people pleaser that's me so hey I did it I stood up for it and I said no that's another thing you could do So those four things, guys, number one, express yourself. So develop an opinion. If you have to write it out, write it out. Next time you have the opportunity to express it, go for it, express it. Then number two, remind yourself that the people in your life are different than your caregivers, where it originated. Number three, we need to acknowledge the bad side effects of it. Okay, so realize it may come from good intentions, but... Harmful things can generate out of this. We got to have that realization. And number four, we can learn how to express ourselves artfully, tactfully. That will take communication practice. So there you go, you guys. I hope you do it. I hope you can break this cycle and jump on the bandwagon with me to become a recovering people pleaser. All right. Have a great day. Make it what you want. Bye. Thank you so much for listening today. Come on over and visit me at CoachEmilySanchez.com. Don't forget to subscribe. And as always, make it a great day.